pretty blessed here. We have, we have really cool stuff. I mean, we've got lights and musicians and great singers and videos and all this stuff. And I, I was just thinking about um, that moment we just had as we were kind of praying for each other. And I appreciate y'all jumping in on that. I think that was really powerful. Um, but I was thinking about this, and I don't want you to require those things to encounter God. I don't want you to go, well, if, if, my, if this place doesn't have really cool lighting and, and just the right singer and the kind of style music I like, I don't want you to require that to have an encounter with God. I want you to understand that these are all blessings that, that we've been given. It's a wonderful thing, but you can encounter God alone in your car just as powerfully as you can in a room like this or at a conference with 10,000 people packed in singing praises to Jesus. God is, is where we are because he lives inside of us. And I just want to encourage you with that because what I'm worried about is there's so many people that they're so wrapped up in the things that they miss what's happening. Uh, so like example, some people will come in and say, well, you know, the worship was all right, but it wasn't like my favorite and, and I just didn't really feel, God. and like that is, if the Lord, he hears you, but if the Lord was standing here, I don't know if he'd slap you, but, but maybe he would. I mean, like, that's, that's the kind of craziness that that sounds to him. And, and the other one that happens a lot is, is uh, with just with speakers, right? We, we love to hear communicators. Everybody's different. Some drink a lot of coffee. Others don't. And you have all these different styles. And, and so we like speakers, and we get caught up in the deliverer, and we forget that it's all about the, really the message being delivered. We get caught up in the wrong thing. And, and what's funny is we don't do that anywhere else. Have you ever noticed this? Uh, I mean, you don't, you don't order something from Amazon, right? Anybody use Amazon? Can I connect to this? We don't order something from Amazon and are more excited about the delivery guide than we are the package, right? The truth is none of you care if it's in a big truck or a little truck or a white van that's kind of sketchy. You don't care where it came. You just want your package, right? I mean, am I right? And you see things like this where I just want to warn you that some of the delivery drivers, they're not that good. I mean, watch this. This is great. Yeah, that's awesome, right? That's how you want your package delivered. Now, the truth is, the truth is when we care more about the deliverer rather than the message being delivered, let me tell you what happens. You get let down because the truth is most speakers are more like this imperfect people that really don't have anything to offer away from God. And if we were on our own, we look like this. Okay, you can turn that off because people are going to be distracted. And so I want you to be, I just want to encourage you tonight as we get started. I want you to be careful. I want you to remember what this thing is all about. And I want you to remember who God's all about. And he wants to encounter you no matter where you are. Is that good? All right, let's get started. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Joshua. If you don't have your Bible, but you have your phone, I hope you charged it so that it's ready to go. And if you don't have any of that, you can look on the screen Behind me, we're going to be in the book of Joshua. We've been doing this series. We're really rocking and rolling. We're three weeks in. Um, we're going to get to the end, I promise, eventually. It's only going to go for eight weeks, so if you're doing the math, you're almost there. Now, you might be interested as to how are we still in chapter one. Um, well, because we're taking our time, but we'll speed up when we get into some of the battles and the wars, and it's okay. But what I want you to see tonight is um, we have a, a powerful moment that's going to continue to take place, and, and Joshua's had this encounter with God, and he's going to really continue this experience, and I think what we're going to see are a lot of things that can be very helpful for us. So the first thing I want to do is I want to just go back to verse 9. That's where we were last week, and, and I ran out of time because I put too much stuff in my message. So I want to just pick up there really quick, and then we'll jump into verses 10 through 18, and we're going to finish the whole chapter tonight. It's going to be awesome. Okay, now, here's what I read to you. Joshua 1, 9. This was the, the verse for the week, too, if you memorize this. Have I not commanded you, be strong 
and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And everyone said, amen, right? Let's go home. That's all we need. We got the, we got the Lord. We have everything we need. This is wonderful. But I want to show you this. This is the third time. This is the third time that God has said, be strong and courageous in this little section of Scripture. Isn't that interesting? Three different times God tells Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous. Be strong and be very strong and courageous. Why? Because Joshua is about to embark on a journey that not many people are signing up for. I mean, this is a journey that only God could call him to and only God could equip him to. But God is saying, listen, I want you I want you to remember to be strong and courageous because you're going to hit a moment in your life, Joshua, and you, insert your name, when you're going to think, I need to quit. I need to get out of here. I can't handle this. I can't do this. And God is saying, I want you to remember, you be strong and courageous. Why? To Joshua, it was really important. Here's why. Because when leaders tremble, people tremble. When leaders tremble, the people will tremble. Nobody wants to follow a leader that looks like this. Uh, uh, It's okay, guys. Somehow, cross, no, we, we want to see a leader stand up and say, guys, we can do this. Let's go, follow me, right? Am I right? That's what you want. That, I hope that's what you want. All right, don't go to battle with the guy that's timid. You're in trouble. So the reality is God knew Joshua's position was so important in leading the people, and he wanted him to not be timid or afraid, but to be strong and courageous. But then look what it says. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now let's stop on the Lord. Who is the Lord? When God said this to Joshua, you can be sure that immediately Joshua began to think about all the things that the Lord had done at this point in his life. He had created the universe from scratch through his words, powerful. He had taken his people out of captivity in Egypt and is moving them toward the promised land. He watched as 10 plagues were done on Pharaoh to convince him to let people go. He watched as Moses, his mentor, led his people through the Red Sea as it was parted by God's power. He's watched all these things happen, and you better believe when he said, the Lord is with you, it had power. It had weight to it. When you have someone like that, the God of the universe that created you and everyone, everything in it, and he says, I am with you. You, that should give us confidence. And for Joshua, you better believe when he heard the Lord, he was reminded of these things. But then it says what? Is with you wherever you go. The God that did all of that, he's the one walking with you right now. Does that sound familiar to a, maybe, a, maybe a passage we call some of the Great Commission? Remember the end of that? What does it say? In, in Matthew 28, 20, it says, I will be with you. Wherever you go, to the ends of the earth. God's been making that promise all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way to the New, and it's the same for you and I. And so here is Joshua ready to go. Now, I thought this was kind of cool to get a picture. My my brother and I, when we were growing up, we were very different. So my brother loved video games, and I loved sports. I wanted to be outside. He wanted to be inside. The sad thing was, he was really good at video games, and I would get really mad at video games. So... I had temper issues, since we're all, we're all human here, we're all being honest tonight. I had a few, it's gone away now, I'm not very competitive now, it's a great thing. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> act like you know me or something, back up, fool. Tomorrow night you might see another side. Well, anyways, point is, growing up, my brother and I were very different. Now you fast forward, okay, now we're adults, 
And it's kind of interesting. Now my brother flies off aircraft carriers and flies planes all over the world for the U.S. Navy, and uh, I read books. Kind of a, quite a, a, a nice little journey we've been on as we've kind of gone our separate ways. But I was, this is my brother, by the way. I have a picture of him just so you can see him. Maybe I don't. Okay. That's the inheritance logo. That'll work too. Um, but my brother, as he flies off these aircraft carriers, something really cool happens. So on the aircraft carrier, the captain of the aircraft always has to see every departure and arrival on his craft. He has got to be in his post watching every departure and arrival. He can take a quick cat nap in between. He can go grab a snack. But every time there is a departure or arrival, he has to be there. And I started thinking about that, and it reminded me that this is what Joshua was hearing from God Almighty. That every time you take a step, I'm going to be there. I'm with you. I've got you. I'm holding you up. So walk with pride and walk with courage and walk with strength because I've got you. Okay, let's move on. Now verse 10. Watch this. And Joshua turns, I added that word, turns and commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people to prepare your provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Okay, now first, right off the bat, I want you to notice this. God says all of these things to Joshua. That's what we studied last week. And then Joshua says, essentially, okay, and he turns and he goes to work, okay? Leaders have to be sensitive to God's timing. Please don't miss this, right? We've got to be sensitive to God's timing. What does that mean? We have got to be ready to go when God says go. Joshua didn't argue. He didn't ask questions. He simply turned and said, okay. And so we've got to notice the swiftness. And I think what happens to some of us, we get... We get something presented, we get an idea. Maybe we're gonna start a career, we're gonna go after a degree, we're gonna pursue a girl, whatever it is, we get this idea. Forget the last one, that's not helpful. We, we get this idea and we say, oh, this is gonna be good. I, I can do this. The Lord's got me, I, that, that guy was speaking and I felt like he gave me some encouragement, I'm ready. And then you get home and you think about it and then you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like, whew, never mind. This, you psyched yourself out. Why? Because you were waiting and you were thinking and you allowed your humanness to kick in, forgetting that what God gives us typically is beyond what we can understand. That's why we have to rely on his strength to get us through. And so we have to be careful that we don't psych ourselves out because we waited to then respond to what the Lord called us to do. There are seasons of waiting. Don't get me wrong. But when the Lord says, I have got this and he's this clear, you got to go, you got to go. Be found faithful in the moment and be swift to respond. And Joshua models this for us wonderfully. So then he says, command the officers of the people. And I just want you to understand this. All the way back in the Old Testament, in the early books, I think it was somewhere in Genesis, Moses, through his father-in-law Jethro, got some advice. And the advice was, listen, you've got a lot of people. You can't handle them all. And you definitely can't communicate to them all. So you need to set up a system 
where there could be some people that could go in on your behalf and speak to the people. So these officers were people that were over different groups of people within the large group of the people of Israel. A lot of companies, a lot of ministries operate within this model. Can't communicate to everyone, so we'll communicate to a few who then disseminate the information. And so this was from advice all the way back in Genesis that Moses got from his father-in-law Jethro. And Joshua is continuing this process. And so Joshua steps into the officers and he says, okay, guys, listen up. I want you to get ready. What does he say? I want you to prepare provisions. Translation for us, prepare food. Okay. I want you to be prepared to go. How many of you, when you travel, you bring food? Okay. Or you stop and eat out and bring food. It's always better. You can always be in control. It's good. Now, This is interesting because they are going to be doing what? Do you remember? Crossing the Jordan River to get into the promised land. Now, the Jordan River, okay, would be anywhere from about 95 feet wide, sometimes wider depending on how high the water was at a certain time of year. And it would be anywhere from 5 to 10 feet deep. Not as drastic as the Red Sea, but still, I don't know about you if you've swam lately, you're not walking 2 million people through 10 feet. It's just not going to happen. So notice, though, he doesn't say, okay, guys, let's prepare a boat or let's prepare a bridge. He doesn't say that. What does he say? Let's prepare food so that we're ready to go. Now, why would he do this? Because it's a very important point that all of us have to understand. God is going to ask you and I to do the preparation, and then God's going to do the work. We do the preparation, and then God does the work. Joshua knew this land has been promised to us. It is going to happen, but we are going to do our part to be ready to take the next step. Do you see this? So what a lot of us do is we say, well, the Lord is going to do a mighty work, and I'm just going to wait and watch. He's a little slow today. It's okay. It's going to, and the reality is God's saying, we talked about this last week, take that first step, and then I'll follow behind. But I want you to notice this. This is a little different. Watch this. See, let's use this example. So the other day, I went to lunch with uh, one of our band guys. We had, we did acoustics night, but one of our band guys, John, uh, haven't had a chance to catch up with him in a while, so I said, hey, man, let's, let's go grab lunch on me. I'm going to buy it for you. I got you. Young guy, wanted to encourage him, wanted to challenge him. I love these moments, right? Chance to mentor. I'm all excited. I'm pumped. I get there to the restaurant. I see him. We're at Nukes. Ever been to Nukes? Nukes is great. Not that expensive. It's a little pricey. Anyways, we're at Nukes. I get in line. I tell him what to order. I get my salmon tuna salad, right? Yeah, just kidding. Anyways, I get my salad and I get a cup of soup because I'm feeling good. I got my big tea and I go and I said, man, don't you worry about it. I got you today. And I reach in, and I pull out my wallet, and I totally forgot that I had given my wife my card. So I'm sitting here, and I'm going, oh, this isn't good. I said, hey, man, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to my car real quick. I'm, I, I'm about to drop my card. Now, in my mind, I was pretty sure it wasn't going to be there. But, you know, sometimes you just have hope, hope in the unbelievable moments. And I went back to my car, and guess what? It wasn't there. And so I walk in, and I go, this is the most embarrassing thing. This kid is like 18 years old, and I got a, I got a tuna salad. And I'm like, what in the world? And I walk in, and I said, man, I'm so, I, dude, I'm so sorry. I, I don't have my card. I, I told you I was going to buy it, but actually I need you to 
Now, the good news was he covered for me. All is good, so y'all be sure to love on him next week when you see him. The problem was what, though? See, I was excited because I knew, I knew this was going to be fun. I was going to get to sit down with this guy, and I was believing that God was going to be able to use me to encourage him, to challenge him, to coach him, all the, the great things I get to do when I get to mentor someone. But I didn't come prepared. I missed the one thing I had to do other than show up, which was bring my card so that I could swipe it and pay the meal and take care of the kid. And the kid ended up having to take care of me. Why? Because I didn't do my part. Ever been there? Yeah. Ever been there? See, the reality is we have to do our part. We get prepared, and then we watch as God does the work. Another example is just in teaching. All right, if I were to get up here and be like, hey, guys, how y'all doing tonight? Everybody feeling good? All right, someone call out a page number. Let's just see what happens. What do y'all think? All right, hey, let's turn to page uh, 799. It'll be different in your Bible, but the Lord will work it out. Let's see how this goes. And I just start reading, and this actually is a pretty good one. We should save this for next time. But I, I'm going, hey, you know what? Let me read this passage, and then I just go, ah, the Lord. The Lord's going to say something great. It's going to be awesome. All right, God. And I, no, God does not honor unpreparedness. Don't miss this, all right? But at the same time, once I get up here with you, my hope and desire is that God will begin to move through me and he will speak to you. He might bring some things to my mind that I wasn't thinking of that I could present to you. But you know what happens? I'm going to tell you a, a dirty little secret. You know the truth? Probably 0.5% of the time do I ever say anything from this stage that in some way, some form, or some shape hadn't crossed my mind earlier. Now, a lot of times, beyond, a lot of times I say stuff that wasn't on my notes. That happens. But while I was studying and while I was preparing, I was soaking in so many things. Some of them I didn't think were going to be that important. But then I get up here and I start talking, and it's like the Lord says, hey, I want you to say that, and I want you to say this. And so there's this freedom that happens, but yet all the way along, I was getting so that God could do his work. Do you see how this happens? And so Joshua says, listen, we know God's going to give us this land, but we're going to step in prepared. We're going to do our part. And so they gather all their stuff, and what are they doing? They're gathering food, so they're ready for the battle that's at hand and to travel. They're about to travel and battle, and they want to be prepared. All right, then let's look at verse 12. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, okay, let's pause. Let me just quickly catch you up. So previously, Moses had given permission for two and a half tribes to head off into the eastern part of the promised land. They got there a little early. Everyone else is heading west. These guys went east, and they settled there. And the reason they did this is because the livestock was going to be better there, and that's what they wanted to pursue. So Moses gave them permission to take off, but he asked them a very important thing, and that was, when it comes time for us to take the land and to step into battle, I want you to make sure that you come back and you help your brothers out. You help your sisters out. And so that was their promise. And now we're going to watch Joshua confirm this. Watch this in verse 13. And Joshua said, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Look at that confidence. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. He gave them permission. But all the men of valor, all the men that can fight among you, shall pass over armed before your brothers 
and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also took possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. And then you shall return to the land of your possession. You shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Okay, now I want to read it to you because I want to say faithful to the scriptures. I want to show you this, what happened. Joshua went back and said, guys, you made a promise to help us when we needed it. We need to take you up on that promise. It's time. We need your help. Now, you may be thinking, okay, that's great in the story. What in the world does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with me? When will I ever have a moment where I got to go back to my brother and say, hey, I'm going to war. Could you go to war with me? Let me show you. When you became a Christian, you found rest similar to what they experienced when they found the promised land. Remember, they'd been searching for years trying to get to this place that God had provided. When you and I became a Christian, we stepped into, if you will, rest, the peace of God. And what he's saying is, even though you have already found your rest, I still need you to work. When you became a Christian, your job was not finished. It was just getting started. Do you see this? And so what happens is a lot of us, especially as we get more seasoned in our, in our spiritual life, we start to pull back a little bit, right? And we get some older folks that, they meant, hey, I've been a Christian for 20, 30 years. I'm thinking I did my part. I'm going to go ahead and say, let the young guys with all that energy kind of take it and run. And God is saying, no, 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 no. In fact, I think God is saying, and I'm, be careful telling this to your parents, I think retirement is for quitters. <laughs> retirement is for quitters. Now, don't tell your dad that until you let me finish, okay? But listen, you may retire from your career. You may change some things. Your kids may grow up and move on one day. But the reality is, until you're dead, there's still work to be done. As long as there's breath in your lungs, God's still using you. And so when you go, oh, I've been a Christian for a certain amount of time. I think I've kind of done my part. I'm going to just step back and watch the world. No, no, God says, I need you now more than ever because you have something that others don't have. Wisdom. You have experience. I need you to step in. I don't want you to pull back. And so here is this moment where these guys have already found their place of rest. And they could easily say, hey, look, sorry, you're on your own. We're happy here. But they are called to step out of their comfort zone. They're going to do that. Listen, so will you and I. For our entire life as believers, we're going to be called to do two main things. We're going to be called to be the church and to share the gospel. To be the church and share the gospel. Notice I didn't say go to church, but I said be the church. Now we understand from last time that it's, the church is not sticks and stones, it's flesh and bones. We understand that. But here's what I want you to understand, too. God, when you became a Christian, gave you special gifting, special abilities that he uses to build up the body of Christ. And for the rest of your life, the expectation is that you would use that gifting that God has given you to build up the church. What we did a few minutes ago, we had our prayer time, and you just, if you wanted to, you could have sat down and just know. If you didn't feel it, I, I just want you to know, people were praying for you. Some people were even walking around, man, took it above and beyond. Fantastic. Because you weren't alone. Because we're in this together. And today, we live in this culture. So I was getting that at the very beginning. We live in this culture where we just come in, we sit, we listen. Hopefully it was good. And we walk out. 
And the reality is that's not church. That's encouragement. Church is when you and I start doing life together. When we walk in and we're focused on trying to meet people, get to know what's going on in their life, trying to see how I can help. It's also discovering your part. Okay, so, so I'm a teacher. We have people that have administrative gifts. We have people that have gifts of encouragement. We have all these different gifts. And when you put those together, this place is the best place you could ever experience. Doesn't matter how big, how fancy, irrelevant. When we are operating the way God intended it to be, this place is rocking. And God says, I have called you into that story. I want you to be a part of it. It's an amazing thing. So we're called to build up the church by being the church, but also we're called to share the gospel. Has anybody heard this before? Maybe, I'm glad, first time you're all going to hear this. You're going to share the gospel as a Christian. The gospel is the good news of what Jesus did on the cross. So most of us in this room, maybe all of us, I'm not sure, most of us, we are living in a sense of rest. Why? Because we know we're not going to hell. That's good news. Praise the Lord. I don't like hot, well, we live in Texas, but I don't like hot. This is good news. I'm not going to hell. But also, while I'm here, God says, I got, I got a little something for you. I got a little plan. I got a little purpose. You get to walk in. This is exciting. Listen. You and I don't sit on the sidelines because we've already received the gift. It should motivate us even more to want to share it with others. Now, some of you are like, well, listen, bro, I'm not standing on the street holding my Bible up, yelling at people, and I'm not asking you to do that. What I'm saying is, though, God has strategically placed you next to people, with people, in your family, in your work, in your friends, in your school, wherever you are, to strategically be a part of sharing his good news. Almost all of us in this room, probably all of us in this room, if we were to go around and say, hey, how did you come to know Christ? Your story would include another name. Somehow, someway, the guy was preaching, the person that brought me, someone sat down with me at coffee, my mom poured this in me, my dad poured this in me. It would always include another name. And this is by God's incredible gift that he has chosen not to make us all saved, but to allow work to happen within his children. Look, here, here's the picture, okay, let me, let me give you this. If you want to show love to me, a way that you can show love to me is by loving my kids, right? If you want to show love to me, a way to do that is by loving on my kids. Yeah, I have two kids. They're amazing. They're perfect. You'll never find any others like them. That's God's promise. But anyways, if you love on my kids, you're essentially loving on me. And if you go, hey, Chad, you are awesome. Like, I love you, not in like a relational way, but love you. I just love what you do. But man, your daughter, Kyla, oh, like, <laughs> just keep her over there and we're good. Like, it doesn't work. You, you don't, you just can't do that. It, 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 it doesn't line up. Here's why I say that to you. God operates the same way. He says, you want to prove your love to me? Love my kids. Love, love the people that I've placed around you because you're not an only child. You're a part of the family. And if you want to truly love me as your savior, start to love on the people around you. Start to love all my kids. That makes so much sense. And this is what Joshua is experiencing as he's saying, listen guys, don't forget, you're a part of a bigger story. And we're calling you out because we need your help. Here's the last part and then we'll move on. In verse 16, and they answered Joshua, this is what the people say. You ready for this? 
all that you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, that's the leader before him, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. If you were a leader, wouldn't that be awesome? Right? Some of you are running, running companies, you're running parts of companies, and you stand in front of your people and like, all right, guys, here's where we're going to go. And they're like, whatever, youngster, whatever, woman, whatever person, I don't know what they're talking about. All right? Isn't it, it's so difficult when people don't want to follow you. Joshua stands up and says, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're going to go. What do you think? And they say, whatever you say, we will do it. Just like we followed Moses, we're going to follow you. Fantastic. Thank you guys for saying that. I feel so encouraged tonight. This is wonderful, right? How great. Here's what's funny. Do you remember what happened throughout the story with Moses? Do you remember how much they followed him? How much they helped him? Here's what's cool. The reason, we talked about this all the time, the reason that Moses and the people of Israel had to go through the wilderness for 40 years was because they didn't trust God. And guess who they didn't listen to? Joshua. It was Joshua who said, we can do it because God is with us. And they said, no, we can't. And so they took the out. And because they took the out, 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. Do you know why they wandered for 40 years? So that all of them would die. God said, listen, if you're not going to follow me, I'm going to clean out the house, and we're going to start with a new set of people. He didn't kill them on the spot. He let them wander around for 40 years in the wilderness. I don't know what's better. I'm not trying to go there. I just, I had to say it because it's where we are. What does he say, though? No, no, no. We're going to start with a new generation. And so these guys, we'll find out if they actually do it or not. But right now, they stand up and say, let's go. We're going to follow you just like our parents and our grandparents should have followed you, should have followed Moses early on. And so here's this encouragement. This is great. By the way, just a quick note. You will have a change of leadership in your life. Just mark that down. You will have a change of leadership in your life, whether it's career, ministry, uh, with, with family. You're going to have a change in leadership. And so how you respond to that's important. I would encourage you just three quick things. You're going to be on the screen. I would pray for them. I would encourage them. And I would commit to them. I would pray to them. Pray for them. Not to them. Not to them. Pray for them. I would, wrong church. All right. Sorry. I would pray for them. I would encourage them and then listen I would commit to them or move on okay don't miss that last part I would commit to them or move on because the reality is no one wants someone that's not going to follow them so if you're not under that leadership move on find a new place and you'll find but just be ready for change of leadership it's going to happen okay last verse here we go whoever rebels against your commandment and disobey you ready for this this is good church is about to get real and disobeys your words, whatever you command him, shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Okay, let's pray. What does he say? What? I'll come back to that in a minute. Let's go to strong and courageous first. Let's keep the happy side. Did you catch what he just said? Only be what? Strong and courageous. Is that the third time or the fourth time? Who did it come from? Was that God speaking? It was the people. Did you catch what happened? God spoke to Joshua and three different times said, listen, I want you to be strong. And he said a lot of other stuff, but I want you to be strong 
and Corinth. And then Joshua turns and says, okay, people, here's what we're going to do. He, I turn, I had the word, but really there was time apart. But he goes to the people, says, here's what we're going to do. And they say, only be strong and courageous. Do you think Joshua just had a little moment there? Like, you said the same thing that he said. He's been saying the same Yes, I have to be strong and courageous. This is my moment. Four times, right? Usually it's three times. Four times, there is no exception. I am ready. What a powerful moment. What a powerful confirmation, right? Little things, sometimes we miss them. This is wonderful. So the people say, only be strong and courageous. Drop the mic, walk away. This is great. But let's go back. Let's go back to this, and then we can kind of bring this home. Put to death. Put to death. Now, I don't want you to get caught up in, I don't want you to get caught up in the, the idea of killing, because we don't kill people if we don't follow the Lord. What they're saying is, we are pleading with you. We are, we are committing to you a, a powerful following. Matter of fact, we are committing to follow no matter what. And if we don't, we want to be held accountable. Now listen, let's be real for a minute. There are not many Christians that say, Lord, I want to follow you, and if I don't, punish me. I didn't say death. We're not there. Punish me, God. Seriously, Lord. I want you to punish me until just do whatever you need to do. Now, let's be honest. That's what we should be praying if we were serious. Lord, I, I want to follow you. So you do whatever you need to do to get me in line and get ready to be broken repeatedly. They say to him, listen, we are going to follow you. Why are they saying this? It's not because of Joshua. It's because of God in Joshua. That's why they're saying we'll follow you. We're following you because we know you are following God. Ladies, I have an announcement to make for you. Are you ready? Wake up. Listen, I have great news for you. This is fantastic. Are you ready? Somebody, somebody's got engaged recently? Yeah, yeah, all right. Listen, listen. Great news. You ready for this? They said, we will follow you wherever you go. When you get married, you're going to stand at the altar. Oh, the added sound effect. You're going to look across at that hunk. I hope for your sake. And you're going to say, I will follow you until death, some of you are like, take the ring back, I ain't ready for that, <laughs> until death do us part. Now, ladies, some of you are going, and that's my problem with this whole thing. I ain't coming under no man. I ain't submitting that big word. Don't even dare bring it. How did I even get here? We were, in, we were in Joshua. And you're thinking there is no way. There is absolutely no way. And here's why, ladies, here is how. Here is how you will stand at the altar. You will look at that man, that hunker junk, whatever it is. You will look at him and you will say, I will follow you until death do us part. You know why? Because I'm not following you. I'm following the God in you. Now listen, ladies. Don't you dare get engaged, sorry, or even in a relationship with a man that you look at and say, he's not following the Lord. If you do, I didn't say it, I mouthed it, the mic enhanced it. 
Did y'all hear it over here? Listen, this is not, relax, this is not about being mean. This is about being real. Because here's what happens. If you don't do this right, you will end up doing it again. After you've gone through a divorce and had to deal with all the repercussions. People don't like that we stand there, ladies, and say, I will follow that man. But I'm telling you what, if you can find a good man that loves the Lord and follows the Lord, you won't even have to be asked. You'll say it on your own because you go, I want to follow that man because he is following my God. This is what the people were saying. Joshua, we'll follow you because we know that you're following God. And what do they say? They say full commitment. Full commitment. And that's what I want to leave you with tonight. It's full commitment. Today, after a VBS, there was a sweet little girl. She's in fifth grade, and she lost her necklace today while she was at VBS. Somewhere in the field, and it, I, I don't know how valuable, but I'll tell you this. I left to go grab some food for lunch. She had been out there with her dad walking the field probably about 30 minutes. I left, got my lunch, took my time, got a Chipotle, brought it back. I came back. She was still out there searching for the necklace. I don't know how long she searched, but she was so focused and dad was trying to help and they were trying so hard to just find the necklace. And I was watching her and I felt so bad for her. I wanted to find a metal detector, which we didn't have, but I was looking at her and I started thinking and I just said, man, if only we would search for God we would pursue God like that. Just focused, determined. It was like 100 degrees outside. She didn't care because she wanted to find the treasure. Listen, this is what you and I have in God. We have this ability to find this, this treasure in him, this thing. And you could look, you could search for God, spend time with God every single day for the rest of your life, and you will never fully discover everything about him. And that's an unbelievable thought. But here's where it's scary. When you and I stop focusing on God, we start wandering. And as soon as we start wandering, guess what? We find ourselves in trouble. And this is what's happened in our world, in our community, in our churches, all over the place. Because we've stopped focusing on God and we focused on other things. And because we did that, we start to wander. Listen, you know what I saw today? Today I saw, and I've heard this brewing, today I saw a video, a TED Talk, that scholars were trying to argue that pedophilia should be accepted like the gay and lesbian movement. And they were arguing that it's something that happens internally, they can't control it, so we shouldn't punish them for it. And I'm looking at this, and by the way, you can mark, write, like write this night down, put a little star next to the sign, and mark my words, this will be the next movement that takes place. You can mark my words right now, it is happening, it is coming. It may be a little while, but it is coming, mark my words. But I'm looking at this, and I'm watching this little clip, and I'm going, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. As soon as we stop focusing we start wandering, and when we start wandering, we find ourselves in places we should never even be around, never even be close to, even been thought of, but yet we've wandered so far, it becomes the norm. It becomes something acceptable. 
I want us to be careful so we can learn a little bit from the people and their commitment to no matter what, follow. But Joshua said, why? Because of God in Joshua. Listen, I want you to be focused. I want you to be diligent. I want you to care about what God's doing in your life because God cares about you. God wants to do something with you, but he wants your focus. But if you will seek him, you will find him. It never fails. It never fails. Total commitment. Total commitment. Are you willing to do that for the sake of your life and for everyone around?